Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to a fresh edition of Full Core Press with Fanta and Fisher. That's right, everybody. We welcome in the newest member of the Pure Hoops family, Jenny Fisher, to the show as my co-host. And today we've got a loaded episode for you, a great guest. We're heading all the way out to Eugene, Oregon to talk with the Ducks, women's basketball head coach, Kelly Graves. What was it like coaching Sabrina Ionescu? What's life like in the Pac-12? And how will women's basketball navigate through this unprecedented season? We'll touch on all that. First and foremost, want to welcome my new co-host, Jenny Fisher. Jenny, it's so great to have you on the show. I know how much you love the sport of college basketball. Tell our fans a little bit about yourself. Well, John, thank you. Really, really appreciate being able to, to co-host this alongside you. And you already said it, college basketball is, is a little bit of my lifeblood and kind of in my blood. I always tell people my story begins with my parents, my mom and dad, both played basketball at Marquette in the 1980s. Um, and so I, I just grew up absolutely idolizing Marquette and Marquette basketball. Uh, went to Marquette, graduated in 2019, worked with the men's and women's basketball teams there on the media side, did a slew of internships, and then worked for the NCAA for the past year in women's college basketball. And so uh, the reason I know Kelly Graves is through our road trip that we had done where we traveled to about 16 of the top 25 programs in the country, um, had flown out to Eugene uh, last October, actually, and and was able to see their facilities, sit down with Sabrina and, and Kelly and everyone. And so glad that we were able to reconnect with him. Um, I'm currently working at the WNBA, doing digital and social for them. So I've always had the basketball and the storytelling kind of pieces uh, in my own experience and story of my career path so far. But like I said, I'm, I'm glad I could be back within the, the college hoop space, be able to talk about it with some great people and alongside you. So thank you. All right, I'm doing rapid fire with Jenny Fisher here. Okay, here we go. No heads up. Your best spot to take a jump shot from. What's your sweet spot? I'm into mid-range jumpers and I don't want them to ever die. Um, like if I can go from the elbow extended, that is the sweet spot. I would prefer the left-hand side because if I can dribble, I'm going left. Um, I'm the type of person where the defender will never yell force or left because I like to dribble left. Um, so that that's my sweet spot. Okay, best basketball movie. That's a tough one. Um, I love Coach Carter. Like I can I can quote the whole "Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate." The whole longer version. Um, I think that's a great movie. Uh, Hoop Dreams, close second. Um, but I'll put those two at the top, and then Space Jam. And I'm excited for the second Space Jam to come out. I am too. We've seen some bits and pieces. It's got a lot to live up to. Well, and they, they've added the WNBA stars as well. Um, someone had leaked a, a summary. Hopefully it's a true summary. But yeah, a lot to live up to, and it's going to be tough to compare. 
best pair of basketball kicks? I am a sucker for the Jordan 11s, the retros. Um, I've got a pair of UNC blues, but I mean, I, I'm working on stepping up my shoe game again. So Kelly Graves was mentioning Nike and, and everything that they have going on there. He has some really, really sweet Jordans. They make them all the custom. Sabrina had gifted their team shoes. So I'm working on getting up to, to that kind of a level. You're a Wisconsin girl. So what's the dream Wisconsin food beer connection? Oh, got to go with cheese curds. The best cheese curds in Milwaukee, I believe, are from Jackson's PBR. It's in the Pabst Blue Ribbon District, um, just west of Marquette's campus, northwest. Uh, and obviously, you got to go with a beer and a, a home-brewed beer. And I really believe that Lakefront Brewery is one of the best places in Milwaukee to go for one. Um, they have brewery tours that are cheap and you get multiple free beers as well. Not that I'm advertising for them or anything, but one of the, one of the best places that I take my guests. All right, Reese's is always one for me, although I've been turned on to the heat bar more and more as the years have gone on. So your favorite Halloween candy? This is a candy that people don't love. I always get told old people like it. Grandmas are only fans of it. What? It has always been my favorite candy, John. Um, I don't think you can guess what it is. If you had to guess what, with those clues, what would you guess? I would guess a, an Almond Joy. Tootsie Rolls, but that's oh, also that's a good one. Rolls. See, but people are like, that's a candy from like 1920. You have Tootsie Rolls? <laughs> and here I am, it's, it, Halloween happened and I didn't eat any Tootsie Rolls. Folks, I can promise you this was not staged. I, really, I can, because you're probably thinking this was totally staged. We have them here at the house. So why do you have Tootsie Rolls? Because I love them. And my mom loves them. That's incredible. I'm so glad that this just happened. Because again, people, I had a, a bag of, of 700 Tootsie Rolls, you can order them on Amazon, that, um, <laughs> that I had in my office at the NCAA. So people would stop by my desk and either give me a lot of grief over it or they would take a couple for themselves. And you have a bag of 200. <laughs> With nearly none of them not. So we need to get a new bag of 200. I'm going to keep bowing down on Tootsie Rolls. Um, <laughs> and we're going to give you some basketball talk right now. Uh, maybe the bag will be empty by the time we get done. Here's Oregon head coach, Ellie Graves. We're very pleased to be joined by seventh year Oregon Ducks women's basketball head coach, Kelly Graves, this week on Full Court Press. Kelly, thanks so much for taking the time with us. And I had to start with a happy Halloween to you, even though it's, it's post-Halloween, because I understand this is a big deal. If you just follow your Twitter, you know it's a big deal in the Graves household. So tell me what Halloween entails for the Graves family. Well, first of all, I have the right name for it. You know, my Graves yard, right? Uh, you know, it's just something that I've loved ever since I was a kid. And then when I became an adult, <laughs> uh, that's still a transition, you know, uh, and I have three boys, you know, we've just always had a kind of a fun family Halloween. We do a big haunted house uh, this year with the COVID restrictions. We opted not to. It seemed a little empty this year. It just wasn't the same. But uh, yeah, it's something that we do every year. We have a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's become a big deal in the, both the communities that we've done it in. And uh, 
you know, it's something I, I think I'll keep going. Sometimes they're my best friends, you know, the ghosts and the goblins and the, and the zombies. So. Well, coach, you mentioned COVID and we can get into the basketball portion of this. Now, looking back, every coach and player had a sense of what might've been when COVID had canceled the tournament. And now I can say this, you were one of the favorites going into it. How long did it take for you to kind of put that behind you? Well, it's still not behind me 100%. I don't think it will be until we get back out on the court. Um, you know, it was disappointing. Obviously disappointing for everybody, and not just basketball, the other sports as well. The spring sports that really didn't even get to, to, to start their season. So, uh, yeah, we just, I, I felt, had everything in place. We had the experience, the talent. Uh, I think that the hunger for it, you know, because it was, uh, you know, we'd gotten there the year before and, and fell short. Uh, but, you know, I think it's also, Jenny, in our DNA as coaches and players that, you know, you got to get over things quicker. You know, if you lose today, hey, let's figure out a way we can win tomorrow's game. So I, I think, um, you know, that's kind of built in each one of us. But uh, there will always be a hole in my heart for, you know, that special group of seniors, especially who didn't get the chance to, to finish uh, their so-called unfinished business. Kelly, I feel like, you know, we, we want to talk about Oregon Ducks women's basketball, but before we do that, uh, we'd be remiss to not recognize what you've just had. You know, three tremendous players, top 10 picks in Sabrina Ionescu, Satu Sabley, and Ruthie Hebert. How do you move from the greatness that they put together and how much do you see the foundation that the three of those players laid and what you see in your current players? Well, you know, those three, uh, among many others, you know, uh, left a legacy that will never be forgotten here and, and perhaps even unmatched. And that's not to say that we don't have a national championship in our future and perhaps even near future. But uh, what they did to really put Oregon basketball on the map and, and uh, qualify as one of the elite programs in the country uh, you know, is, is unprecedented for us. And, and normally when you talk three of the top eight picks in the draft, you, you talk about programs like Tennessee and UConn and, and Baylor and those kind, you don't, you don't think of Oregon. So, you know, I, I, that, that moment, uh, by the way, that draft day, I got really teared up because that was a special moment. I know not just for our program, but for those three, you know, I, I knew that that's what, what they wanted when they got here. And like I said, Oregon, you know, we were navigating uncharted waters, so to speak. But I think what it's done is springboarded us with, uh, you know, and we've been able to attract great talent. And uh, we hope to build on that legacy that, that they uh, helped build. And uh, I, don't, I don't see this train stopping anytime soon. Uh, I look around at the, the group I have now, and I, I don't think we've ever had more talent in our program than we do right now. They're just young and inexperienced. Well, Coach, you already had said that maybe people don't really think of Oregon, but you guys have been to three straight Elite Eights. You're potentially on your way to four. What have been those ingredients to kind of becoming this national power? Well, I think here at the University of Oregon, first of all, we were very well supported. We were second in the nation in attendance this last year, averaged around 11,000 fans per game. So we built something very special. It, it's, uh, it's a big deal in the community. Obviously, the Oregon brand, our relationship with Nike, our facilities here, 
everything surrounding this athletic department says, hey, we, we can build national championship contenders here. Um, you know, I've got an awesome staff. Jenny, I think it, it it's always starts with them. Uh, they just work their butts off, and, and we're attracting the right people who fit how we play the game and, and fit our culture. And we've just been very blessed to have some really special players and, and special people on and off the court. I think it's all relative. Knuckleheads in the end don't really win for you. You know what I mean? We have good students, good citizens, and they're obviously very talented players. So it's just, a, I think, a combination of a whole bunch of things going on uh, right here at the university. One of those things that has gone right, obviously, on the recruiting end, and you bring in a McDonald's All-American, Kelly, and Tahina Pow Pow. And in a recent web column, you said she has a chance to be a real star for us. Why is that? Well, number one, she's really skilled. Uh, there's no question. She can shoot it. She can score at all different levels. She can impact the game. Uh, similarly to Sabrina in terms of she's good on the boards. She's great and a, a great assist person. She's really a pass first player, but she can be an elite scorer. But I think what sets her apart from a lot of players, in my opinion, and I just went through one of those transcendent kind of players in Sabrina, she has a lot of her in intangibles. She loves the game. She loves to play. Um, you know, she's hooting and hollering on the court and celebrating when her teammates do well. Uh, she's just got a work ethic, uh, you know, that, that's really unmatched, uh, you know, on our team right now. And just, you know, all those things that you can see, you know, great leadership capabilities. And so, you know, you just put all that together. And, and let's face it, I've coached some pretty good point guards in Courtney Vandersloot, Sabrina Ionescu, and Maite Cazorla, among others. Those are three elite, elite players. So I think I'm, I'm starting to get a good grasp on what a good point guard looks like. And I think Tahina has that. You've got nine new faces. You have a sharpshooter in Taylor Mikasel, the transfer from Maryland. Will this be another outside shooting team, or will you look into the post for players like Sedona, who stands at 6'7", but she also has some outside game as well? What are kind of the, the X's and O's that you're looking to incorporate into this team? Well, you just mentioned some of our, uh, you know, pluses, and that's why I'm so excited about this team. I think we, we have collectively – perhaps the, the best shooting team in the country. And you look at the numbers and that bears that out. Taylor Mikesell, Taylor Chavez, Jazz Shelley, Aaron Bowley. Those are four uh, seasoned Division I players who put up huge three-point numbers. Um, and then you surround, you know, our inside players like, uh, like you said, Sedona Prince. I think she's got a chance to be a, a top draft pick here very soon as well. Uh, you know, at 6'7", she commands double teams. Um, we're going to play a lot through here, her, similarly to, I think, what the Nuggets do with Nikola Jokic, because uh, she's, she's just got a good feel for the game, great hands, good passing ability. And, oh, yeah, she's going to be 6'7 the whole game. So, uh, you know, but good around the rim. And, and then we have other players that I think can, can take that, you know, low post mantle uh, as well. Uh, Niara Savali, Satu's younger sister, is about 6'4", 6'5", really strong, very athletic uh, and active, especially on the boards. So, you know, I think we have really a good mix of inside, outside. We have good depth right now. Um, you know, we, we're really young, you know, seven freshmen out of our 13 players and nine newcomers. So, you know, we're, we're trying to figure it out. And our offense has been 
you know, off the charts efficient over the last several years may not look so pretty early on, you know, but I think given time and especially in February, March, and, and hopefully April, we're going to be a tough out for people because we'll have uh, that experience under our belts. Oregon Ducks head coach Kelly Graves is our guest. And Kelly, looking at the state of women's basketball, what are the concerns on your mind heading into this season as the sport deals with the pandemic? Well, John, that's a great question. I mean, I, I just hope we have a season. And, and I don't want to be, you know, negative here. I just, there's just still so many unanswered questions and, and protocols and you know, we, we just don't know what it's going to look like. You've seen, a, you know, a, a small window of what it looks like in football. Uh, our numbers are even smaller. So one or two positive tests can impact the entire team uh, and not just put you shorthanded. So I, I don't know. I just hope that we're all continue to be diligent, do the right things, um, you know, on and off the court so that we can, can have a season. But I, I'm hopeful that we can get through this. I hope there's some kind of a, cl a closure at the end of this season, some kind of an NCAA tournament, whatever that looks like. But honestly, John, there's just too many questions right now to, to answer this fully. What's the state of your schedule? <laughs> well, uh, you know, thank goodness we went to a 22-game Pac-12 schedule. Uh, I've been a proponent of that. I like that. I, even in a non-COVID year, I wish we would play everybody twice. It's the best conference in the country. You play everybody twice, you legitimately get a true champion. Everybody plays twice, uh, which only leaves us three non-league games. And believe it or not, two of those three are against in-state teams, Portland and Portland State, who right now have not gotten the clearance from our governor to practice. They're the only two Division I teams in the country right now not practicing. So to answer your question, right now only have one non-league opponent so we're going to go live into Pac-12 play with seven freshmen, nine newcomers, and right now have one game under our belt. So like I said, it may not be pretty early. Kelly, here's the good news here. Your 22-game round robin, I, I know why you're advocating for the double round robin. There's no hair that's getting gray. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. You know, you can't actually talk about that because you have hair, John. There's an unwritten rule. You know, that if you have hair, you can't talk about those that don't. We can only talk about each other. But, yes, yeah, but I would rather have gray hair than none at all. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have any gray. But ours, Jenny, or mine would turn gray coaching in the Pac-12. I mean, oh. I know you're a proponent of this double-round robin, but, and it, it crowns a true champion. But t tell us about life coaching in this league when you're going up against power after power. I think it makes us better. You, you can't have an off night. Because if you do, you're going to get beat. Because teams 1 through 12, you know, they have talent. They have games. They have coaching. Uh, they're really good teams. And so, um, yeah. I, and I think in the end, that makes us stronger. I think that's why the Pac-12, outside of winning that national championship, has done so well in the NCAA tournament. I think, you know, the, the last tournament that was played, I think we ended up with five teams in the Sweet 16. I mean, you, you got to bring it. But uh, it's hard to get games in Eugene, to be honest with you. So that's why the fewer non-conference I have to schedule, the better. So, yeah. hey, let's do the whole double round robin.
I was going to make a joke about pulling your hair out too, but I guess John beat me to, to the hair jokes yeah. today. Oh, but guys, it's just... <laughs> I have you both beat, so I think it's fair enough. But coach, I just wanted to ask, when everything is so uncertain and you are so used to a structured schedule and now you have to lead a group of young women and a staff and whomever else through a time like this, how do you do it? What are, what are the most important things for, for you in order to lead that group through a time like this? I think number one, I have to be open to change. I can't be so rigid in what we're doing. We have to stay positive, uh, knowing that tomorrow might look different than today. I think the, the, uh, the power of love and, and, and teamwork and, and culture and all that kind of stuff, I think really comes into play in, in this moment. Uh, but the main thing is I've got a lot of young ones on my team. And so they have to be able to look to their coach and say, you know, listen, you know, they've got our best interests at heart. We're going to do the right thing. Uh, we're going to rely on each other and stick with each other through thick and thin and just make the, the, the most of it. I'm glad that the NCA gave all our student athletes the option to have this year back. I think that's important. There's too many questions unanswered to, you know, to at least not have that safety net in case things don't don't go the way we want. But, um, you know, I don't know. We're all navigating this for the first time, Jenny. I wish I had a better answer for you. I, I just don't know. But I, I just want to be there for my players. I want them to be there for each other. And I think together we'll get through it. I know you've said before you don't like the fluff, but your team has been doing stuff outside of basketball more than ever. And, and you know, packaging uh, the Halloween treats and such for the community how do you kind of make sure that they're in check mental health wise and everything else that may go along with that? You know, I'm glad you brought up the mental health. I think it's going to be more critical this year than ever before. Uh, not just with, with everybody, but I think in particular, your, I'm going to say your generation, Jenny, because uh, you know, you're so young and, and, and you know, I, this is, it's been such a crazy time. And, and so we have to, to be aware that, that there may be issues um, and, and again, work through them as a team. So some of the things that we've tried to do, uh, we're journaling, uh, we're, we're talking about that often. We're, we're trying to do things in the community because listen, as, as tough it is, as, it, as things are for us uh, individually and as a program, it's even worse in a lot of other segments of our society. And so we're really trying to work through that. Uh, we're doing more team activities, um, you know, to again, build that, that bond and that chemistry. Um, you know, we're, we're making uh, counselors available. We're talking as a team. We're, we're just trying to do a lot of things that, that keep us engaged and, and, and together. And I, I just think it's, it's uh, something I think all coaches need to be aware of and do their best to, um, you know, to ensure that our student athletes aren't just physically safe, but they're mentally healthy as well. Yeah, and coach, one last question that I did have for you is, we mentioned the nine new faces, but you've had such little face-to-face -face time with them until recently. How have you gotten to know them and kind of create that bond that, that you need with the team in order to come into the season ready? Honest truth, it's been tough. It's been tough. And, uh, and so you just have to, you know, make it a point each and every day to try and connect with each student athlete in some way, even though we're not able to have team dinners or, uh, you know, go to the movies or do a, a big team activity that doesn't involve a lot of space. So, you know, it's just something you have to focus on each and every day and, and, and make yourself reach out to each individual player.
And that's always been one of our, our strengths here. I think we we're, you know, this is a player's program. And, uh, and, and I think we have great synergy, coaches and players. I think that's been a, a huge part of our success here. It's not us against them. You know, we're in this together. And unfortunately, in a lot of programs, it's like, you know, we've got the coaches here, we've got the players here, and they don't always mesh. But I think that's been our biggest strength here. Kelly, what have you and your program done around Election Day? Well, uh, I think University of Oregon, we were one of the, the, the first schools uh, that got every single student athlete registered. We were 100%, including in my program as well. And uh, not only did we, we uh, help them get registered, but, uh, you know, we, we ensured that, you know, we, we helped them through the, the whole balloting process because obviously most of our kids are out of state. And so we, we help them get their absentee ballots. And then as far as I know, everybody has voted on my team. We've also talked about it because quite frankly, I have players that, uh, that fit every single different uh, point on the, you know, the spectrum, so to speak, from liberal to conservative and everywhere in between. And so we've talked about it, uh, about, you know, my best friend is one of the most conservative people that I know. And I'm would probably fall on the liberal side of things, but we're still best friends. And I think it just goes to show that, especially within a team, it's okay to have different points of view. So we, we've talked that through and, uh, and I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. We, we've given our student athletes tomorrow off, election day, uh, university wide, uh, which I think they're gonna do an activity together uh, surrounding the, the whole voting um, even though they've all voted, nobody's actually going to the polls tomorrow on our team. But I think that was a, a really good um, decision by our university to, to give the student athletes the day off. So well said. Kelly, before we wrap things up, obviously over the, the course of the last couple of months, we've had a WNBA season. I'm sure that you were watching uh, contently. Uh, but I'm curious here because the podcast space is the space for it. What is an untold, or maybe something that comes to mind in your head, a Sabrina story uh, from the last couple months that, that comes to mind, maybe a time you were in touch with her, or, or something that pops in your head? Well, I stayed in touch with Sabrina. I mean, she, you know, it's really funny. She's on an entirely different level now, you guys. You know, she and I used to be like here, and then now she's up here. You know, the, 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 Every time I talk to her, she's training with KD or Steve Nash or, you know, this person. Or I, I watch her TikToks and she's down hanging out at the Bryant family's home for the weekend. And it's a whole different level. I, I like to tell this story a couple of years ago at the Wooden Award. Uh, there was an after uh, ceremony party and a bunch of dignitaries in the party. There was Jerry West, Dr. J, Carl Malone, you know, all these big name guys. And I would go up, you know, and I would introduce myself and they'd kind of give me the, oh yeah, okay, nice to meet you coach. And then as soon as I would tell them I'm Sabrina's coach, they'd grab my hand and shake it even harder. Oh man, I'll tell you, I love Sabrina. I watched you guys play. So that's kind of what I became for a few years. I was Sabrina's coach. So that's, uh, you know, but I'm really proud of her. I, I think she's got a chance to really, uh, you know, help make that, that league even more visible. You're right. I watched a ton of games this year. I thought the WNBA did such a great job uh, with their wobble 
and the product on the court. And, um, and I, I expect that league to, to, again, make huge strides, leaps and bounds in, in the future. Absolutely. And coach, I, I love when you bring up basketball greats. Our, it reminds me of our conversation talking about Marquette basketball and, and Bo Ellis. So oh. always love to hear it. Um, oh, and I just want to say. Ellis. Yeah. Butch Lee. And the throwback jerseys. So. And the, oh, I love those. I, I love the hangout jerseys. I wish we had a day. You know, we did retro jerseys last year, homes and aways, and they got a ton of positive uh, critique or press. And I would love someday to go to the untucked look again, Marquette. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and you guys have all the shoe swag and everything along with it. So, so maybe one day, but coach, I just wanted to say thank you for the time and, and best of luck now that we're in November, um, later this month, getting started with college basketball season. All right. Thank you. I'm looking forward to the season. Just some great stuff there from Kelly Graves. He's one of the very best in all of women's college basketball. And the fact, Jenny, that he has built Oregon, a program that had not been to an NCAA tournament since 2005 into a national power that's been to three consecutive lead eights. It really is something. Absolutely. I, I mean, he, he mentioned it as well, saying that they had all the pieces as from the athletic department, um, from their, their Nike and from the players that he's able to recruit, I think is one of the most impressive pieces of what he has created for the Oregon women's basketball program resume. Well, this is a very interesting week. Um, obviously, it's a crucial week for the country. And in the NCAA, Tuesday, Election Day, is an off day uh, across college athletics. No competition, no practices. Teams will be off. Um, a lot of these teams have already voted. Surely have already registered. But some teams will actually go out to the polls and vote on Tuesday. I think it's fantastic. Uh, that the NCAA put this together. We have seen, you know, early voting at an all-time high. And I loved what Kelly Graves just said. Uh, it's okay to be different. It's okay to have different views. And I think that the collection of efforts by the NCAA really embodies the idea of unity during a time where our country is so divided. And that's why this makes a lot of sense. That's why it does hit home. And I know that this is a critical week, Jenny, for all of us. But in the space of college basketball, we have seen these teams use their voice incredibly. Yes, and it was 110% the right decision by the NCAA to listen to the membership. This was back months ago, uh, where they had men's and women's college basketball teams saying that they were going to give their teams off conferences back to them as well. Um, for election day. And like I said, it's 110% the right thing to do. A lot of companies and organizations, even outside of sports, do it for their employees. And so it's, it's giving these young people, um, which is a population that really needs to use their voice and is learning how to use it in really important spaces, the chance to exercise their right to vote. And like you had just mentioned, uh, to be able to, to come together over something and that the message is to go vote and not sway in, in one way or the other, but to be able to, to use your voice because the quote that I keep seeing is silence is violence and to be able to not just be about change, but actually act upon it. And so I think it's a great thing. We've seen a lot of players in the WNBA and NBA as well, kind of leading the way in that social justice sphere. And I'm 
I'm really glad that it has trickled down to college basketball. Yeah, Georgia Tech assistant basketball coach Eric Ravino. He was the man behind this NCAA lobbying for the election day to be an off day across college athletics. Credit to Ravino because it really took off and it's produced what will be a day off across college sports and, of course, across college basketball. And, Jenny, I think when we bring up what's happening in society right now, last week was Big East Media Day. The Big East is one of the conferences. There are not many doing media days before basketball season because of the unknowns with basketball. There are plenty of them. Uh, we could go on and on about them. Gino Oriama, the UConn head coach, uh, the legend, the Hall of Famer, talk with the media, and the conversation started with basketball, but it ended with close to 10 minutes of one of the greatest of all time talking about these societal issues happening right now in our country. It was a nonpartisan point of view. It was a point of view that spoke to what we need to do as a people. It was not about politics. But Gino said he was actually disgusted with some of the things that have taken place over the last couple of months. And then he did bring up at the end, do the right thing and get your vote out because that's the way that you can impact change. It hit home. It was incredibly powerful. I can't overstate how much Gino Oriema has done in the world of sports, but how much he as one person continually elevates women's basketball, not only on, but beyond the court. Absolutely. And if the people listening have not even heard his, his eight minute long video yet on this topic, please go watch it. Um, I, I believe that it was extremely powerful and moving to hear him talk about his own experiences, players that have come to him as far as social justice. We look at Maya Moore in the women's basketball space, stepped away from the WNBA season in order to free a wrongly convicted man, Jonathan Irons. And so again, he's been a leader and an advocate in ways where it's personal, where he's touching his players and helping lead them through that. But he's someone that I believe our, our nation and college basketball fans can really get behind as someone who has been through experiences. I mean, he's been in the game for over three decades now. And I'll never forget that uh, he has always been someone that is truly about more than basketball, despite the amount of success that they have had on the court and in his program, um, because he speaks out on things that matter and he's, he's extremely honest. And so, John, I would love to know what was your biggest takeaway from his comments, because he did hit on so many great things. Yeah, I think, I think one thing that really spoke to me about Gino's message was, Today in society, you're either great or you're a failure. And he said this a couple of different times, but he kind of connected the way that we identify people as a reason for why we are as divided as we are. That we can't just accept the fact that there is a difference between those things and that everybody has their own flaws and that's okay. That's an okay thing. Nobody's perfect. Uh, but we're in this world where it's either perfect or if it's against that belief, you can, I, I, we can't meet halfway. We can't have those discussions. And so he, he brought up, you know, the, the immaturity that's happened, the lack of leadership at times, you know, that we've had over the, over the course of these last months and just the lack of connection as a society. 
And he just said that I've never seen anything like this, you know, as an immigrant and as someone who, you know, came into this country, he can't believe just some of the things that have been going on uh, in recent months. And, and what he brought up is everything has to be made a debate. Everything has to be argued upon when there are things in our world right now that it's just about doing what's right. And he brought up the idea that on Tuesday, he's going to have his team over for dinner. They've already voted, but he wants to have them over for dinner because he believes it's a reward for everything they've done over these last months in their efforts. And he says, I want them to see this process out of election day. Gina Oriema, you know, we, we all needed that. We, we all needed a message like that, Jenny, because what, what spoke out to me was he wasn't coming at it from an agenda point of view. He wasn't saying, go vote for this guy or go vote for this guy. He was just stating that, hey, what's been wrong in this country, you can see clearly, it's time to do the right thing. And it spoke to me that he brought up the fact that in a lot of ways, the way that we are going about our business as a country right now is setting up our younger generations for some really challenging times. Now is the time to change that. And he said to impact change, the way that you make things count is not by putting up a social media post. It's not by just putting up a sign outside your door. It's by showing up to the polls. It's by making a concerted effort. And that, that is at the heart of it. That's what spoke to me the most, you know, blackout, Tuesday is a very, very great initiative. It is not the answer to all of our problems. And we can't act as such. We can't turn the page to 2021 and just stop fighting for what is right. And that's what Gino was making known, was that we have to continue making that effort because it is so much more important than anything else in our world. That is the truth. So that, that's what spoke to me. And I, I thought it was really heartfelt, powerful. I wouldn't expect anything less from a legend, but Gino Oriema just continually impresses every time he speaks. And it's going to be a very interesting week in our country with however it does happen, however things play out. Um, and then to think that two weeks later, uh, college basketball players will be stepping out onto the floor and, and we'll be trying to have a season in both the, the women's and men's game. And so a lot to, to look at, to see what happens. And like Kelly Grove said, kind of taking it day by day when you can't really plan for things. Yeah, absolutely. Jenny Fisher, great, great, great to welcome you to our Pure Hoops family. Love calling you a partner and thanks so much for taking the, the time and for the lead up to this. It's a process, everybody. I want to thank Kim Adams for her past contributions. She was outstanding, and, and I know uh, that that level will only stay at that outstanding level because that's who you are. So thanks for joining our Pure Hoops Media family. We are really, really happy to have you. Thank you so much, and I'm, I'm happy to pass or to carry along the torch that was passed along to me from, from Kim as well and to be able to do this alongside you, John. So thank you. Absolutely. Another episode of Full Court Press is in the book. Thanks again to Oregon Ducks women's basketball head coach Kelly Graves for spending some time with us. Thanks also to our producer, Mike Lieber, as well as Bruce Bernstein for all of their help. Tom Phillip edits the show, and we always appreciate his contributions. Please check out our other Pure Hoops Media shows. That's Catch and Shoot, 
2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong, and that drops each Wednesday. Each Thursday, Monica McNutt and King McClure drop by with buckets, boards, and blocks. In fact, they're going to talk college basketball this week. Check that out on Thursday on buckets, boards, and blocks. King is a former Baylor Bear himself. Every Friday, it's the Pure Hoops podcast with B.J. Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Mike Wise Show drops each Monday, and we'll be back every Tuesday with Full Core Press. I should mention, because she would get on me if I didn't, Monica McNutt went to the Sweet 16 with the Georgetown Hoyas. It's just embedded in my brain, Jenny, that uh, it, it left me for a second. We have a former Hoya and a former Bear there. Absolutely. And she can, she can definitely play basketball, ball out, and take that Sweet 16 and, and keep it along with her as well. Please check out all of our shows, subscribe and download them, rate and review them, but most of all, enjoy. And we will see you next week on Full Court Press.